Welcome to Unbooking the Tankatory, the bonus series from Booking the Territory, where we look at the in-ring career of Tank Abbott. This week, Tank Abbott faces Bellano 4. I'm going to give you the chance of a lifetime there, Doug Dillinger. I'll let you come out here and take a shot on me. Wait till he finds out what's behind door number one. Something down the road at the Silverdome in six playing to an empty house. Because the real deal is here. Oh, here he comes. Get that fat duck ass out here. I'll tell you something, Mike. He's not done yet. This man, Tank Abbott, is making a name for himself. So how are you this week, Dan? I'm very good, mate. Yeah, very good. Glad to be uh, back recording again as we've... Uh, well, given the order of these come out, I don't know how it'll sync up, but uh, it's our first recording session for a while and I'm, I'm glad to be delving back into some tank. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. It has massive Bella Twin vibes for me. <laughs> Bella Twins or Villa, Villano Twins? Oh, I'm going to go full Brie mode on this one. You're going to turn yourself into delicious cheese? No, I'm going to get drunk. <laughs> oh, sweet. In that case, um, hang on. Best noise in the world. So to answer your next question, yes, I'm drinking. Um, <laughs> and given the time that we're at, given the time of day that we're recording, it's quite appropriate that it's from Beer 52, it's Siren, Brew, uh, Siren Brewing, and it's a Midnight Merriment Nitro Stout. Oh, you should have saved that for an episode where they were reviewed of Nitro with Midnight on. Yeah, well, I'm trying to crack through all these in uh, all these uh, beer 52 beers in one night. So, but it's a four percent stout. It's it's not bad. So yeah. it's a it's a two point seven five, maybe a three. Well, the beer I've got right now has a bit of a wrestling crossover because all it's right. Powerhouse Porter from uh, Sam Brooks Brewery, which sounds a little bit like Powerhouse Hobbs. <laughs> I knew exactly where you were going with that. Yeah, it's worrying that we're um, developing a hive mind. It's a, a handcrafted London porter, and it's uh, four point nine percent. So yeah, I, I quite like porters. Yeah, I do as well. I'm, I'm, a, I'm just a fan of uh, fan of my dark beers in general. Stouts, porters, even you know like brown ales and stuff like that. Um, I even I even quite like a mild that you put me on to Rob. <laughs> Oh, I'm a massive fan of mild. And and that revelation when you find out that there's actually some high alcohol miles. Yeah. Most, very... not, most miles are very low, but then you are oh, 9% mild. You can't, you can't beat it. <laughs> I wish you could see Rob's face. He, he's like beside himself thinking about a 9% mild, which I would very much like to taste because it's a contradiction. You call something mild, you can't make it 9%. Well, you can't. It's normally you have to go through four pints to get to that level of mild. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So this match that we're reviewing today is from the 2nd of February 2000 episode of Thunder. In terms of the rest of the show, this episode of Thunder, Jeff Jarrett was in charge for the night, so not, not, not a good time for you. Normal. Norman Smiley and Gene Simmons was laughing all the way to the leads this week because Norman Smiley dressed as the Kiss Demon versus the Kiss Demon. Yep, he certainly did. Yeah. And Norman, Norman actually looked pretty good as a Kiss Demon. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, he did. He, I think we'd um, reviewed an episode, uh, I think it was with Sarah, when we'd seen, like, uh, highlights of Norman Smiley dressed as the Kiss Demon. Yes, yes, we did. Yeah. So, yeah. But every time the likeness is used, uh, Gene Simmons is ching-ching cashing in. So he, he did very well there. Yeah. Lane and Idol are coming up with a new name for the tag team. And they decide it's 2XS. So this is um, after the West Hollywood Blondes have uh, caused uh, Bischoff to be sacked. And Yeah, yeah, that's right. But it, it had to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, they never talk about an 83 weeks, but um, this week they were saying that time you left WCW and Bischoff just said, say I was sacked, I was sacked. Yeah. So that, that's the closest I've ever heard him come to reference it, but yeah. Mm. There was Sid versus Mike Rotunda. There was. Okay, moving on. Sorry, at least we get Sid's dub. But <laughs> I do love Sid's dub. It's, uh, it's absolutely glorious. The Cruiserweight tournament's ongoing. It's um, Shane Helms versus Shannon Moore with Evan Courageous on commentary. In a match that in months to come would make Tank Abbott very unhappy. It really would. It really would. Talking about things that would make people unhappy, Medusa demands a match from NWR 2000, who are sort of in charge for the night. And Jeff Jarrett decides in his infinite wisdom, the way to resolve this problem is to put Oklahoma in charge of the women's division. So it's fucking Jeff Jarrett's fault. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, we're sort of in this um, Sullivan-Taylor-Ferrara period of the booking at the moment, but yeah, Ed loves fucking up the women's division, doesn't he? But I get to blame it on Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> you do. Um, in story, I get to blame it on him. A triple threat match, Kidman versus Vampiro versus The Wall. That is a really odd triple threat. Like, Kidman versus Vampiro, you think, yeah, okay, but then you chuck The Wall in there, it's like, Jesus. Yeah. How's that going to work? I'm, I'm oddly intrigued. Well, he'd come to the ring with a table on his head, wouldn't he? Well, that's a given. Why wouldn't you? Sid's working through um, the second of his three stages of hell, so he's already faced Mike Rotunda, so he's going to face Rick Steiner in a hardcore match. Fair enough, yeah. For Rick Steiner of the time, I can see that. I bet that that could be all right, actually. Yeah. A little bit of a callback to uh, that episode of Superstars of Wrestling, because The Machine versus DDP. Oh, Jesus. That promo with the different types of machine where they just roll in one after another was when Heenan had his back turned. Yeah. Uh, which machine was it? Oh, well, it was Lord Humongous who was the, the machine in this one. So it wasn't one of the machines from 1987. Uh, uh, oh. You'd hope not 13 years later. Well, Kayfabe's just dead by this point. <laughs> it was the machine, not a machine. Alan Anderson is a bit conflicted because um, Terry Funk is going to be fighting Ric Flair. Obviously, is uh, aligned with Terry Funk in the Old Age Outlaws. Is aligned with Ric yep. Flair in the Far Horsemen. Whose side is he going to be on? Obviously, Terry Funk is wanting to, him to be on his side and demanding an answer. We get the Mamelukes versus David Flair and Crowbar uh, in a non-title match. Um, David Flair and Crowbar are tag team champions at this point. I bet that's actually pretty good. Sorry, I've not watched any of this episode, unfortunately. But I can see that match actually being pretty solid. 
Yeah, I think I think it was all right. I mean, I did watch this a month ago before uh, before Sweet Lady Rona visited, and uh, everything got uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, put put on hold for a while. I, I seem to remember it being all right. The Harris Brothers versus Sid in a cage match. If the outcome of that is anything other than a Sid win, I don't want to know. Yeah, Sid wins. The NWO attack him uh, and spray NWO on his back. In a twist, nobody saw coming. Yeah. Swerve, bro. Although, obviously. <laughs> I'm just as guilty as why I accuse everybody else for Vince Russo was nowhere near this show. You, sir, are a hypocrite. Yes, yeah, it, it wasn't. It was uh, whatever Ed Ferrara would say. <laughs> Before this match that we're going to review this evening, the Volano Far versus Tank Abbott, Ed Ferrara, Terry Taylor and... Kevin Sullivan are going to log into LinkedIn and they're going to look at the qualities that you'd need to have to have a match against Tank Abbott at this point. So, Blano thought <laughs> it's the same. Sorry, to have a match with Tank Abbott at this point, what you need is a pulse and a low IQ. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you might have a low IQ after the match, but it's debatable whether you'll have a pulse. Yeah. <laughs> You're definitely not going to have two matches. No. Well, it's funny you should say that, because in four matches' time in, uh, on Booking the Tankatory, we will be going to Tank Abbott versus Volano Far from the Saturday Night Main event. Yeah, that was just somebody wearing the mask. It was somebody different. Well, it won't even be a Saturday Night Main event. It'll just be WCW Saturday Night. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah. So Volano Far is the son of wrestler Ray Mendoza. Okay, he's, I don't know who that is. He's the, the fifth son... And the other four sons are Volano's one through four. But this is Volano four. No, so sorry, I do beg your pardon. He's a fifth son. Right. All, all of them become Volano's. They don't do it in order. But yeah, the the other sons are Volano's one, two, three, and five. What kind of absolute dumb fuckery is that? Why wouldn't you just have Volano one, two, three, four, and five in order of age? Well, it, it just reminds me of that Monty Python sketch saying uh, Otto von Zeppelin was the least talented of the 14 von Zeppelin brothers. I don't know that sketch. He began training in 1982. He worked under Lepardo Negro III and Super McQueeno Jr. He was yeah. given the Volano Far mask in 1983. And mm-hmm. uh, he works for several promotions, works for the Universal Wrestling Association. So, UWA. Not, not we've reviewed, but uh, a different Send, one with the same same name. Sends a shiver up the spine. AAA, CMLL, IWRG, and WWA. And he holds tag teams and trios championships in all of those promotions. He signs for WCW in 1996. His debut is at World War 396. Because they needed the entire roster. Well, they did, yeah. It's um, three rings and 60 men at that point, isn't it? Um, he tags with Volano 5 uh, in WCW. Logical, like it. Yeah. On the 10th of June, 1998, he signed a two-year deal for $100,000 a year with WCW. Which means? At this point, you can get 6.5 Volano 4s for a Tank Abbott. I'd rather have the Tank Abbott. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely, definitely. So, at the start of the um, the match, we get a replay from the previous week. It's Tank Abbott knocking out Al Green. 
Which was great, because Tank Abbott knocking out people is great. And then we get a replay of him facing off with Big Al, who's not Al Green, it's a different Al. Yeah, too many Al's on this show. Um, what they didn't replay, and what I think we need to just touch on again, is uh, just how much Bobby Heenan was behind Tank Abbott. Yeah, uh, Bobby Heenan absolutely adored him, didn't he? He um, really did. It's not just Bobby Heenan. I mean, it, you know, in this match, got Hudson saying after dominating all of the Ultimate Fight for so long, Tank didn't take lightly to any advice given to him by his former bodyguard. Oh yeah, everybody was was well on him, just singing his praises and building him up to essentially what we thought was building up to big things. Yeah, because the the whole point is that Big Al saying is uh, sold out. But Mike Chenier is saying, well, he hasn't really sold out because he, he, he was beating up people in UFC and now he's beating up people in WCW. He, he's literally just changed location. And he's got a point. Yeah, he has. And, you know, he's saying that, that he's been accused of being a cheap shot artist. But, yeah, you know, it's just sort of one punch and done. So you know, is it really a, a cheap shot artist? We do get a shot of men watching this match on a monitor. And watching TV properly. Yeah, which is outrageous for a wrestler. I like it. Also, are you really going to tell men to stand at the side of a TV when he doesn't want to? Yeah. When he when he's holding a chair. <laughs> well, well <laughs> holding a chair didn't work for La Parker, as we found out so when he faced Tank Abbott. Yeah, but men's way harder than La Parker. Oh, that's fair enough. And McTenay said, we've been saying who can stop Tank Abbott and they'd love to see um, men get a shot at him. Another shot at him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because we did get the first match, didn't we? But um, Tank Abbott didn't really understand the rules of wrestling at that point. Yeah, he was still uh, he was still new. It was his first day. <laughs> Literally his first day on the job. So the bell rings and uh, Tank Abbott blocks a couple of punches and uh, a spin kick from uh, Villano Far. This uh, bothered me. This bothered me immediately. Villano Far is that fucking dense. Is going in for punches against Tank Abbott. But Villano Far has a plan. It's a stupid ass plan. He's seen Total Bellas. <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't happen before he gets before Tank debuts a new move. Where he, I'm sure it's new anyway. He picks Milano four up and just dumps him on his back. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it's it's completely in control. Tony Schiavone is saying that they've never seen anyone um, knock Meng out, and he'd love to see Tank Abbott um, get a shot at him, you know, and uh, love to see what happened if he, he did one of those sort of running shoulder throws on Meng. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> at, at this point, I want to see Meng, either, uh, Meng versus Tank even more. Yeah. Like now, obviously, I didn't like the, the main Tank Abbott match at first, but with all this extra around it, I do realise that that was just a taster. Yeah, yeah. And, and we sort of watched that out of context. You didn't realise it was Tank Abbott's first day on the job, and you didn't realise that was you, you know, they were building towards the Jerry Flynn feud in that. Yeah, exactly, and, that, and that's the peril with uh, with what we did in the uh, in the first series of UTT, where you're watching stuff in isolation. You have to take it as it comes. Yeah. So it will get lost in translation. Yeah, it will. Um, so Tank Abbott waits for Volano Far to get up, and um, then he pushes him down into the ropes. 
And behind the referee's back, Volano 5 does twin magic. Oh, no, dastardly tactics. And it does not matter for shit because the first thing that Volano 5 does is he throws a right that's blocked by Tank Abbott and Tank knocks him the fuck out with one punch. Well, it's all right because Volano 4 gets back into the ring. And Nick Patrick doesn't give a shit. But Tank blocks the punch and knocks Volano 4 the fuck out. Thing is, Tank Abbott hit Volano 5 so hard that Nick Patrick had double vision. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is exactly what happened. Yeah. I mean, Tank Abbott hit Volano 4 and 5 so hard he knocked out Volano's 1, 2 and 3. And their dad. Yeah. And gave Nick Patrick double vision. Nick Patrick starts counting out. Tank, Tank Abbott's on his way home. Yeah, he knows they're not getting up. Yeah. Which I think is great. He's just like, yep, yeah, they're done. He gets to seven. He's just like, yeah, fine. Off I, off I go. Yeah. Scott Hudson saying he deserves two winner's shares. Um, he just knocked out two Volanos. Uh, it's this whole thing. I mean, JR keeps saying it on AEW at the moment about going to the pay window. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Tank Abbott does deserve it. He essentially won a handicap match. But uh, the the bit I really liked was they had an awesome camera angle on the second knockout and they showed it on a replay and it really looked like uh, Villano Far had his jaw spun. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it was really good. Really good. Tony Giovanni says there's a lot of strong men out there, but Tank Abbott uh, made more than um, a name for himself um, with one simple punch. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Tony Schiavone is saying um, Tank Abbott wasn't sure who was in the ring, but um, to be honest, he didn't care. Uh, and he says that Tank Abbott may be one of the best punchers in our sport. That's an understatement. I think he, he is the best puncher in wrestling. <laughs> Did you notice that Tank Abbott didn't, even, he, he didn't go back up the ramp? He, he started just wandering off to the side. Well, are you going to tell him not to? No. <laughs> No, it's like Tank Abbott was playing Grand Theft Auto on sandbox mode. Tank do what Tank do. Yeah, yeah, he just thought I would just go and investigate and punch a few people. I mean, what he he was doing was he was off to the DJ booth to see DJ Ran to see if he had any, see if he could let him know what that song was that was playing early when when those dudes were dancing in the ring. Quite possibly, quite possibly. I do worry that when Tank Abbott went to the pay window, he may well have punched it through. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he walked off with several wrestlers' paychecks that night. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why you can get 6.5 Volano pass for a Tank Abbott. <laughs> Tank Abbott was actually on a $50,000 a year contract. <laughs> yeah. He just took half of Lex Luger's money. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah, so Tank is now 6-3-0. and Yeah, he's figured it out. He knows what wrestling is. He knows how to win. Yeah, he puts his fist. He puts he puts his fist through that thing that people talk out of. Yeah, he's he's doing very well. Nine matches, no losses. So he's on a big uh, big streak at the moment. Uh, this week, Tony Khan actually said that um, Jade Cargill was on the most dominating run of anyone since Goldberg. No. Well, I, I don't think Tony Khan's met Tank Abbott, and I don't think Tony Khan's met Millennium Man, Sid. I don't think so, no. It's almost like wrestling promoters exaggerate shit. Well, I, I mean, even Bo Dallas was 13 and Bo. 
<laughs> Fucking Bo Dallas. Jesus, I'd forgotten about that. Was that before or after he went through his... Um, it must have been while he was in his like motivational speaker stage. Yeah, it was. It When he went to the main roster. Um, when he was on NXT, he turned heel by going to Disneyland. Yeah, and then... It came to the main roster as the motivational speaker character and just looked like a, a creepy, ever so slightly skinny fat golem. Yeah, it was a bit weird. So, Tank Abbott's going to move onwards and upwards. Um, his next match is against the Barbarian. Ooh, Meng's tag team partner in the mm-hmm. faces of fear. And it's going to be sh- uh, a, a shoot fight rules match. <laughs> and it's going to be shh. Shit. <laughs> well, I mean, we've seen before WCW have a lot of problems when they put any rules down. <laughs> to, well, adhering is... to those rules. It's just the way you tailed off when I thought you were going to say shit. I thought Tank had appeared at your window. No, uh, it's going to be a shoot fight rules match, and, and Lord only knows if they're going to stick to it, but we're going to find out next time. We will, and I can't wait. Tank Abbott continues to be booked as a killer, as he rightly should be. And at the minute, he's easily one of the best things in WCW. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. They the certainly had, you know, big plans for him. They're the making him look like a killer. So hopefully that continues. We say that like we don't know. Well, it's, I'm hoping it continues for the next few weeks. We know it's going to uh, fall off a cliff at some point. But nevertheless, no matter what happens, no matter what he dances to, or how often he dances, he will always be a fucking murderer. Yeah. Not in a literal sense. That's not liable. Yeah. <laughs> We've had quite a lot of tank facts come through and um, mentions to the show. Most of these tank facts that have come through have come through from um, Danny. So yeah. rather than uh, go through anyone's, we'll go through a few of Danny's. We, we can't list them all because uh, he's been very busy. But uh, very much appreciated for, for that. Uh, but we'll go through. Had a couple of shout outs. Uh, one thing to say, though, Chris Bellis, uh, real Chris Bellis, did say that he was sat in A&E having a proper good chuckle to UTT Tank uh, while the bad lads and lasses of Hull stare at him like he had two heads. <laughs> Right, I know exactly what he means because I've listened to podcasts before that have made me laugh in public. And I don't just mean chuckle like Chris's. I mean, once a full-on belly laugh. You know when you're trying to stifle it and you just sat there shaky? Yeah. And you occasionally let out a snort or a, or, a, or a laugh and you get looked at like you're an absolute freak. Um, but I'm glad we had that effect on him. Years ago, we were, we were playing like... Sort of a half-size golf course sort of thing, and I stood too close when my mate was teeing off, and it cracked me in the head. So I had to go to A and E, and you know, I sat in A and E with one of my mates, and uh, we were just like having a laugh. And a nurse came over and said that I was bleeding too much and upsetting the other patients, <laughs> while also sat there chortling away. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, when you get told you're bleeding too much and upsetting the other patients, is that not the point where you look at her and just go, well, can somebody fucking fix me then? Yeah, yeah, I can see my skull. and I know there's a problem here. <laughs> so in terms of the tank facts that Danny mainly has sent through, in an average living room, there are a thousand objects Tank Abbott could use to knock you out, including the room itself. That is absolutely true, and that, funny enough, that is also true when there are only five hundred objects, because Tank Abbott will just kill you with them all twice. 
Exactly. If you spell Tank Abbott in Scrabble, you win forever. That is actually in the small print of the rules, yes. There is no chin behind Tank Abbott's beard, only another fist. That is absolutely true. That is a martial arts technique that Tank Abbott actually taught Chuck Norris. It is. Tank Abbott can start a fire by rubbing two ice cubes together. Yeah, I've seen him do it. It's uh, it's buried in the bowels of YouTube. Well, YouTube had to take it down. They had a cease and desist put on them by the laws of physics. And talking about shout-outs, actually, Tack at uh, the Undertaker at Tack Brown said that uh, brilliant stuff from possibly the most niche podcast in all of wrestling. Wrestling is a niche. 90s wrestling is a niche within a niche. <laughs> so does that make us a niche within a niche within a niche? <laughs> Into more Tank facts, uh, another one from Danny. When Tank Abbott uses his computer, he doesn't scroll with a mouse, he uses a lion. <laughs> I can't even justify that, it just made me laugh. <laughs> Giovanni von Bronckhurst at George B. Um, 01065217. In response to a post about uh, Peter Schmeichel having a ball cut in the 90s, he said the only way that he believed uh, his barber telling him that that looked cool was that his barber was Tank Abbott. Yeah, very true. Uh, Tank Abbott went through uh, a phase where he wanted to get into hairdressing uh, because he hasn't got any of his own and uh, he was Man United's barber for six weeks. Another one from Danny. The fastest gust of wind ever recorded on Earth was 253 miles per hour. Coincidentally, Tank Abbott just so happened to punch Virgil at a WCW house show in the same venue where the gust of wind was recorded. That is just a meteorological fact. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I love all of them. I, I, I just love the fact that, that uh, Danny sat there thinking them up. And, and anybody listening to this, we encourage you, please send in your Tank facts. Yeah. Uh, Sarah at Turd Ferguson said that Tank Abbott can make hot water come out of a cold faucet. Yeah, that's true. He can also, I don't know if I've actually used this one yet, but uh, Tank Abbott can pick apples off an orange tree and make the best damn lemonade you've ever tasted. Yeah, it, it's all true. All true. So do you have a favourite one there, Dan? Um, I quite like the gust of wind one because it's uh, because it's topical. I like the fire in the ice cubes, but I can't give it to Danny every week because it'd just be unfair. I will give it to him one week, so I'm going to work it... for it. Yeah, yeah. You get it's quality. Well, in fact, it's not even quality over quantity. It's just he it gives us too many, and I don't want to pick a favourite. Um, so I'm going to give it to Sarah. Excellent, excellent. Tank Abbott can make hot water come out of a cold faucet. Yeah, he can. I've seen it. Superb. So where can people find you, Dan? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at DanGriffin21, usually tweeting about uh, wrestling that's six weeks out of date or movies that are 25 years out of date. Uh, you can also find me on the monthly pay-per-view reviews on the That 90s Wrestling Podcast uh, playlist on Primetime Conversations. And you can find me and Cy Powell uh, giving rundowns of... Uh, episodes of Doctor Who on the Doctor Who podcast that is on Twitter at the Doctor Who pod uh, spelled as it as you'd expect the DH sorry, not as you'd expect uh, it's on Twitter at the D-R-W-H-O-P-O-D 
Superb. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. I can't wait for you. Uh, wait for your tweets ripping us apart over it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure I'll be fine. It's not me you have to worry about. It's uh, the Doctor Who Twitter you have to worry about. Oh, I don't give a fuck. I've been on wrestling Twitter long enough without anybody coming for me. <laughs> right, it's going to be like a triple threat. <laughs> I'm just poking the bear at this point. <laughs> well, maybe a bit Tank Abbott thing. Maybe you can start knocking out people with one punch and uh, you'll be absolutely fine. You can find me at UTT Rob. It's really more about the mutuals than it is about the followers. So I'm absolutely more than happy to follow back. You can find the show at um, UTT Tank. And you can find Tank Facts at UTT fa- um, Tank. Hashtag Tank Facts. Hashtag tank facts. You can find the normal show at UTT Podcast, exclusively available on our own channel. Um, we're going through the first and last of wrestling, so it's really worth checking out on there. So, uh, as I say, next time we're off to the Barbarian. So, thank you for listening. Knocks out the second man after the first man was down. Tank wasn't sure who was in the ring, but to be honest with you, he did not care. Here's another angle with the second punch. Look at that rock, the jaw, and the head of the Viano, one of the Vianos, to the side that time. It was on target, as they all are. Tank Abbott may be one of the greatest punchers ever, and I know this is really saying a lot ever in our sport in a short span. I wonder what Ming thought of that. And up next here on Thunder.